From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Hey there, newlyweds. Here comes Paca Bill's cannon, Bill Curtis. And here is your host. He's not just my colleague, he's my co-worker. It's Peter Sagal. Thanks, Bill, and thanks again, both audience. Later on, we're going to be joined by comedian Hannah Einbinder, one of the stars of HBO's Hacks. If you haven't seen this great show, it's about an industry legend who's forced to work with a surly, less successful person who they don't trust. I just laugh and laugh. Now it's your turn to help <laughs> punch up our jokes. Give us a call. The number is one triple eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. It's time to welcome our first guest. Hi, you're on. Wait, wait. Don't tell me. Hello. Hi. Who's this? This is John Robert Gardner, Lynn, Massachusetts. You're in Lynn, Lynn, Massachusetts. I know very. I know Lynn very, very well. And what do you do there in Lynn? I'm a paramedic. Uh, I specialize right now in what is called community paramedicine or mobile integrated healthcare. Oh, I see. But it still means you get to cruise down the street really fast with your lights flashing, right? Because that's the fun part. Well, I did that for quite a few years, needless to say. But I actually enjoy this mobile integrated healthcare because we actually get to fix people. Right, right, right. But don't you just really just want to turn on the siren and go through red lights just every now and then? I did that for about 16 years. I'm kind of all set. <laughs> all right, fine. You're done with it. I can't tempt you back into it. I appreciate that. Well, welcome to the show, John. Let me introduce you to our panel this week. First up, you can hear her on the Scam Goddess podcast and see her on iCarly streaming on Paramount+. Plus. It's Lacey Mosley. Hey, what's up, John? Next, an actor, writer, and comedian who'll be co-hosting the show We Fixed It at Caveat in New York City on Friday, the 27th of May. It's Peter Gross. Hi, John. How you doing? And finally, a contributor to CBS Sunday Morning, whose off-Broadway solo show, Approval Junkie, is now available as an audio play on Audible. It's Faith Sailor. Hey, John. John, welcome to the show. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis, of course, is going to read you three quotations from this week's news. If you can correctly identify or explain two of them, you will win our prize. Any voice from our show you might choose in your voicemail. Are you ready to go? Yes. Your first quote is someone's inventive plan to deal with a current economic problem. It sucks until you remember you can just steal all the expensive stuff at self-checkout. That tweet from somebody called The Independent Variable was just one of the solutions offered this week on coping with rising what? Inflation. Inflation, indeed. On Tuesday, President Biden addressed the nation about the inflation crisis, saying it was now his administration's top priority. Good news! Everything else is fixed. Let's all get together without <laughs> masks and make out while we watch the sea levels recede. In March, we sent a 40-year record for annual inflation, and then this week we hit an all-time record in gas prices. The president's plans to fight inflation include releasing fuel from the nation's emergency petroleum reserve, and if that doesn't work, he's going to look behind everyone's ear for a new shiny quarter. <laughs> You know, maybe maybe while we're going through inflation, we could put more fun people on. I know we're we're putting more women on coins, but we should put happy people on on our money, right? Like our bills should have Lynn Manuel Miranda and, and Dolly Parton and stuff. That you would think we're going to solve the economic woes of the nation with the weird Al Yankovic half dollar? <laughs> I like that you jumped from Dolly Parton to Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. How wait dare minute. you, sir? Who who is unreservedly cheerful? 
Like Dolly Parton has some sad songs. Weird Al Yankovic, nothing but fun. That's true. That's true. But I, I don't know. I like my money to be serious. I want my money to, you know, look like it's watching its childhood home burn down. You know, like that's the face <laughs> that my money's giving. So like, it's like on your $5 Stoic. bill, Abraham Lincoln is like seeing his own death when he's looking to the yes. side. Yeah. He's having like an existential crisis. That's it's how I Lincoln know my money's serious. Also, who's going to be like, oh, it's all about the Yankovics, baby. You know I'm just like making fat stacks of Yankovics. <laughs> this is true. Uh, at least one retailer is charging $15 for an apple. Not an apple made by Apple. Just an apple. A single piece of fruit. H- hang on. I'm notified that while I was talking, it went up to $18. Anyway. What, is, this is a true story? Was that true story. Apple? Harry and David, of course, who oh. else, is oh, selling God. a single apple for $15. Now it's worth it. I never it. liked those guys. They're, it's, they're, they're charging with a market will bear, and that's totally not fair. worth it. Separately, they're fine. Together, right. they're a nightmare. Harry is good. David is fine. Put them together, they wreak havoc. No, I don't is... know. I'm a little tempted. I like expensive things. If you put gold flakes on anything, I will buy it just to ingest it. So maybe I need to get into this apple. Is it crisp? What kind of apple are we talking? It's like Macintosh, a mealy, Granny worms Smith. all over it. It's, it's like terrible. one of those horrible all... red delicious ones wrapped in plastic they have at the budget hotel chain checkout table. Oh, it's giving Snow White. Oh, it's yeah. a Snow White yeah. apple. Prices are rising so fast that many restaurants, including one in Miami, they're actually using stickers for the prices on their menu because they're changing so quickly. They put a new one on when the price goes up. And that's also a really nice way to tell the menu it's doing a great job. Yeah. If I go to a on. restaurant and there's a market value next to the water, uh, I, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Do they raise the prices in the middle of a meal? Our four ninety nine special is uh, it's a crab salad sandwich and it's five ninety nine. And I think for six ninety nine you're really going to enjoy our seven ninety nine crab salad. <laughs> All right, here is your next quote: "Fortune favors the brave." Now that was Matt Damon just a few months ago. He was trying to convince us to bravely buy something that's lost two hundred billion dollars in value in just one day this week. What? Bitcoin. Bitcoin, yes, or cryptocurrencies in general. Cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin have lost half their value in recent weeks, and the companies that exchange them have lost even more after analysts around the world determined through careful use of algorithms that it was all utter b- the whole time. <laughs> I've done a deep dive on crypto. You and have. You can explain yes, the whole thing. Go, you have 30 seconds. I absolutely can. So here's how cryptocurrency works. If you like vibes and you would like to purchase vibes, if you would just like to purchase like energy and like a feeling, like mm-hmm. if you want to purchase a stiff breeze, you know, that's what you're purchasing with crypto. It's just imaginary. We're all buying in. We're all saying it's worth something. It's our own little scam and we love it. Also, if you don't like the environment, blockchain are very big computers that take a lot of energy up to basically print out a CVS receipt of your Ponzi scheme. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sold. I think we're all forgetting about the pharma bros and uh, other D-bags who are really hurting today. (laughs) And I just want to speak up for all these jerks that are, you know, normally uh, doing cocaine off the toilets in the, the restaurants that you go to. And just like somebody needs to think about the big guy. Now they're going into the bathroom to weep and do cocaine, not just the cocaine. So it's, it's a bad time for them. All right. Here is your last quote. Who the hell was still buying one of those in 2022? That was one of the many people on Twitter reacting to the news that after more than 20 years, Apple has finally discontinued what? 
product. The iPod. Yes, the iPod. Really well done. It is the end of an era. Apple is discontinuing the iPod, which is terrible news for people who love carrying around an extra thing. Now, I personally still have an iPod Touch. I take it with me wherever I go because it is the perfect decoy phone. If I get robbed, the only thing they're getting is five solid hours of bare naked ladies. Five hours? Ooh, I never got up to five hours on an iPod. I'm shocked that it took this long for the iPod to go away because they basically absorbed it into the iPhone. And I remember when um, I used to wait tables and one time I was waiting on Bono and the only thing that I wanted to ask him was, how do I get the album off of my phone? (laughs) Really? But now I kind of love it because I've been forced to. (laughs) I mean, obviously, it was probably discontinued, you know, not because people disliked it, but because Apple now needs to devote all of its attention to making new charging ports you can't Mm -hmm. use with the cables you already own. (laughs) Like, wait, let's let's make it a triangle this time. That'll get them. Apple has all the makings of a cult. They're isolating us with all these different charging ports and the fact that we can't directly plug in our headphones. They make us hate our friends and family who aren't in the cult with the green text. I've I've literally, we told Nathan Kress on iCarly, he had an Android and was like a proud Android user and we bullied him so hard. (laughs) The first season, we were like, we're never talking to you. You're ruining our lives and our group chats. The second season, he got an iPhone. We made him join the cult. That's good to know that that's the message of iCarly, is that bullying is good. (laughs) Bill, how did John do in our quiz? John got all three right. Good going. When John said his three names, I knew he was coming to play. (laughs) John, thank you so much for playing. Thank you. It was a joy. Take care. Hey, right now, panel, it's time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Faith, massive droughts linked to global warming have practically drained Lake Mead in Nevada. But on the Ugh. bright side, as the water goes down, people are finding what at the bottom? Ah, oh, I can't believe we're going there. Dead bodies, Peter. Yes, missing mob victims. In fact, there have been oh. at least two unknown victims found at the bottom of the lake in the last few weeks, each of them showing signs of foul play dating back at least 40 years to when Las Vegas was fun. Oh, right. It's near Vegas. That's why I was thinking. Right. It's near Vegas. It's connection. in Nevada. The, 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 the irony here, you can imagine like some 1980s mobster in his tracksuit wiping his hands after he throws the body in Lake Mead and then saying, well, they'll never find him unless rising global temperatures try up the whole watershed. And what are the chances of that? And then he gets into his five mile per gallon Cadillac Eldorado to drive away. I really hope that there's someone in the mob who's like such an advocate for climate change. He's like, yeah. no, guys, you don't understand. We're not going to make them sleep with the fishes no more. If there's no fish. Exactly. This is actually the funny thing, because a former uh, Las Vegas mayor and one time proud mafia lawyer, Oscar Goodman, says that his former clients, and this is true, are now interested in, quote, climate control because they want to keep the lake levels high, which is why you hear mob nicknames nowadays like Nicky, Carbon Neutral, (laughs) Johnny Bicycles, (laughs) Stevie Windmills. Coming up, we have something to apologize for in our Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. 
This message comes from NPR sponsor Indeed. There are two sides to every story, but if you want to hire great talent for your business faster, you need Indeed. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data. U.S. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash wait. Terms and conditions apply. Pay per qualified applicant not available for all users. Pay per qualified applicant not available for all users. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. The NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Faith Seeley, Lacey Mosley, and Peter Gross. And here again is your host, a man donating his entire salary from today's show to the writing staff, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Right now it is time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play our game in the air. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, Peter. This is Hannah. I'm calling from Burlington, Vermont. Hannah, how are things in Burlington, Vermont? They are springing. It's beautiful here. The leaves are budding, and we've got all the beautiful flowers making the street smell good. It's gorgeous. Oh, wow. What do you do there? I am a first through 12th grade world language teacher. First through 12th grade? Yes, I teach all the grades. Did you say world language teacher? Yes, I I teach uh, Spanish and Mandarin. Uh, Spanish in the fall and Mandarin in the spring. They're related. They're pretty close. It's a seamless transition. You teach (laughs) Spanish and Mandarin to grades 1 through 12. That is correct, yes. How do you keep everything straight? Um, Probably my severe ADHD helps. Wow. Well, welcome to the show, Hannah. You're going to play our game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what is Hannah's topic? I apologize for my apology. It turns out it is possible to screw up an apology even worse than, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. This week we read about somebody really blowing it. Our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the one who's telling the truth. You will win our prize, the wait waiter of your choice in your voicemail. Are you ready to play? I am ready. Thank you. All right. Let's hear first from Peter Gross. Leah Katznelson of Larchmont, New York, was furious with her husband, Dennis, when he forgot their wedding anniversary for the third year in a row on Monday. To get back in Leah's good graces, Dennis hired a skywriter to write, I love you, Leah, love Dennis, in the sky over their backyard. But due to a typo on the form Dennis filled out, the pilot wrote, I love you, Lena. And while Lena not only isn't Leah's name, it's also the name of Dennis's boss. Well, he went to plan B. Dennis planned an elaborate picnic with wine and cheese and even a professional string quartet, but unfortunately he didn't realize the spot he chose was right next to an apiary that was having their annual Release the Bees for an Afternoon event. The string quartet turned out to be a sting quartet, and it wasn't a quartet, it was thousands of bees. So he went to Plan C. Desperate, Dennis rented out an entire restaurant and covered it in candles to set the mood. But when he led a blindfolded Leah in for a surprise reveal, she knocked over several tables, sending candles out to tablecloths and curtains and starting a five-alarm fire that didn't stop until it destroyed the restaurant and their anniversary. Dennis is currently sleeping on the couch. A husband makes a mistake and then compounds it with a series of attempts to make things right. Your next story of someone regretting their regrets comes from Lacey Mosley. Shortly after a popular video podcast went viral for trying Arby's for the first time and loving it, people took to Twitter to apologize to Arby's for all the abuse that's been heaped on it for decades. Under the hashtag 
We're sorry, Arby's. People are sharing the reasons why they're sorry about dissing Arby's. Twitter user the dog isn't mine 892 tweeted, Arby's, my bad. All these years I accused y'all of being a front because no one eats there when actually everyone eats there. But they are just too embarrassed to say it. Y'all are still embarrassing, but the food is good. Another user, <laughs> vegan on the weekend, quote, vegetarians love Arby's because it's got so much cereal filler that it's not really meat. And Damon on the Waymon <laughs> tweeted, Arby's is the nickelback of the fast food industry. We must relinquish the shame around loving them. It's okay to love <laughs> things that are bad. <laughs> the hashtag began to trend with people sharing more unintentionally insulting anecdotes, prompting Arby's to release a statement. The company tweeted, please stop apologizing. We get it. We're actually terrible. People <laughs> apologize to Arby's for all the insults and just end up insulting them more. Your last story of a sorry excuse for an apology comes from Faith Saley. It is hard work writing a book. You have to sit for chunks of time without checking social media and use your words. That was too much for author Jumi Bello, who recently lost her book deal. Bello's novel, called The Leaving, is, or was, the story of a young black woman dealing with an unexpected pregnancy. But Bello confessed to having, quote, borrowed other writers' descriptions of being knocked up. So this week, Bello penned a 4,500-word essay called... I plagiarized parts of my debut novel, Here's Why. But here's the kicker. It turns out she actually lifted parts of her apology from a real website called Plagiarism Today, which led to Plagiarism Today publishing the headline, Plagiarism Today Plagiarized in Plagiarism Atonement Essay. Because apparently Bello is a human Escher painting of plagiarism. <laughs> All right, here are your three stories of an apology gone wrong. From Peter Gross, a husband who screwed up his anniversary, keeps trying to make it better and just makes it worse until we end up with a conflagration. From Lacey Mosley, people trying to apologize to Arby's for making fun of them all these years and only once again makes Arby's feel even worse than it did. Or finally, from Faith Saley, an author who attempted to apologize for her plagiarism but ended up plagiarizing her apology. Which of these is the real story of an apology gone wrong? Oh, man. Um, I have to say, as a Vermonter, we do not have Arby's. So uh, for a long time, I did not believe they were real. So I really like that second story. But uh, I think as a teacher, I, I have to go with the plagiarism story. You're going to have to go with the plagiarism story. That would be Faith's story of the plagiarist who plagiarized their apology for plagiarism. Well, to bring you the correct answer, we spoke to someone quite familiar with the real story. Jimmy Bellow's essay came across my newsfeed. I was going to read it. And I'm like, yeah, that information, that I wrote about that. Yeah, that was, in fact, Jonathan Bailey, plagiarism expert and the author behind the very real website, Plagiarism Today, <laughs> where you can get your up-to-date plagiarism news, whose essays on plagiarism were plagiarized for the Apology for Plagiarism. Congratulations, Hannah. You got it right. You earned a point for Faith Taylor. You have won our prize, the voice of your choice in your voicemail. Very well done. Mm hmm Merci. Gracias. Shay Shay. That's <laughs> Oh, that's too many at once. Thank you so much. <laughs> for you? For you of all people? I don't believe it. Thank you so much for playing. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye-bye. How could we let it get so bad? 
And now the game where exceptional people do something acceptable. Hannah Einbinder was just starting her stand-up career when she became the youngest comic to ever perform on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Then her very first acting audition callback ended up with her cast as one of the leads on HBO's Hacks, a role that led to an Emmy and a Golden Globe nomination. So we expect that by the end of this interview, she will be the host of this show. Hannah Einbinder, <laughs> welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you for having me, Peter. It's a pleasure and a dream. It is our dream to talk to you. Um, we should talk about the show Hacks, and we will in a minute. The second season is starting right now. Uh, but I wanted to talk to you about that Stephen Colbert uh, uh, stand-up set you did, which was amazing. Thank you. I just watched it this week. Thank you. It is true that you were the youngest person that he's ever featured, right? You were like 24 at the time, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I was. I, I, so I'm told. You're right. But what's amazing about it is is you come out, and I don't want to either give it away or try to do it justice with the description, but you play a sultry jazz background and talk about your life in this kind of sultry way. It's like very like not what anybody would expect from like a comic they've never met before, right? Yes. But still, it was so different and unexpected. Were you scared to do it on national TV in front of an audience that didn't know who you were? I'll tell you what, I'm scared before every stand-up comedy set, <laughs> um, televised or not. It's a big, it is, I would say, yeah, I have, uh, based on my experience, that is a gamble. Did you ever, did you ever feel like you bombed? Like, had, did you ever have a bad gamble? Oh, oh hell yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely. Yeah. Because at that time I was mostly playing um, like alternative shows or, you know, uh, shows where, uh, performing comedy just should not have been happening. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? Were you at people's funerals being like, hey? Yes, someone's <laughs> living room, an alleyway, a crowded bar with like full bar volume and a comedian just like trying to talk over. <laughs> so yeah, it was. So you're, you're, a, you're a very fast rising, successful comedian who does something very different. And then you get called into audition for this new show, Hacks. And let me ask you, I'll ask you this way. When you were brought into audition for the role, how was it described to you, this show? Um, it was uh, described to me as like a, a dark comedy, um, uh, a dark mentorship. For people who haven't seen it, it revolves around a, an extremely well-known, shall we say, veteran comic. And um, you, who is a, a, a somewhat struggling comedy writer who ends up having to write for her because otherwise there's nothing left for you to do in this world. Mm-hmm. And, and and the characters, shall we say, are not affectionate towards each other upon first meeting, which Ew. is part of, part of the fun. <laughs> no, um, the, uh, the the character that you play uh, is a comedy writer down on her luck, which may be redundant. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming you may have drawn on some of your own experiences for this. I think the only sort of like comparison between Ava and I is that. Um, like my version of what happened to her was when the pandemic hit, I was just a stand-up comedian. Uh, and when uh, we went into the initial lockdown, um, that completely disappeared. And I kind of was like, this thing that is so um, intimately tied to my identity has vanished. And now I have nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> Hannah, I have to ask you, um, during the lockdown in the beginning, did you do any Zoom comedy shows? Oh, oh, Lacey. I did a couple. 
I did a couple that that scarred me deeply, and I never looked back. Um, <laughs> it was <laughs> hell with a capital H. I hated it. Uh, Hannah, if you want to feel better about yourself, I did a couple um, Zoom improv shows. Oh, I did too. Oh, wow. That's the oh, bottom wow. of the barrel, and I really? did too. It's like, seriously, it's like it's it's like is anybody out there? Does anybody have an occupation? I'm sorry, Can you're I muted. Get a word? You're muted, wow, Peter. It's, really? It was really. I mean, this isn't about me, but it was bad. I'll just say that. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I do feel better. Yeah, I genuinely do. Yeah, yeah you are yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So, okay, thank you for that. <laughs> I have a, I have a kind of important uh, question for your fans, Hannah. Oh, I was looking on your Instagram, and you had posted pictures from your bat mitzvah. Hell yeah! Um, you looked absolutely adorable. And I saw that someone urgently wanted to know what your bat mitzvah theme was. Now, by bat mitzvah theme, I assume that you're not asking about her half Torah, right? The, no. the, the section of the Torah that she had to read and then explain in her classic. Oh, I don't even speech. know. You know, it, uh, um, and it was less of a half Torah, more of a one fourth Torah because I had ADHD <laughs> and they were like, look, she can't do the full. <laughs> She's a quarter Torah. We, we're we're going to be lucky if we get her in the Duty. dress, please. Just, you know, um, the theme was Hannah Einbinder's first annual friendship awards. And I did give out <laughs> awards to my friends. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I gave out awards to my friends. Best laugh. Funniest friend most compassionate, et cetera. So, did, did you, you leave anyone out, Hannah? No, it was, I mean, it was a month of, you know, is Daisy going to be offended that Willa got this? <laughs> is this, it was so, because, you know, it was, uh, we spent so much time, my mom and my dad and I just making did you, sure. Did you print up certificates? We had little tiny, uh, little tiny awards, little tiny physical awards. Little trophies that you yeah. had engraved maybe by one of those trophy engraving places yeah yeah i love sowing seeds of chaos into a life passage moment <laughs> yes <laughs> thank you Lacey. well there you are hannah einbender it is a great pleasure to talk to you in person but we have asked you here to play a game that this time we're calling try these hacks so as we have discussed you star in the show hacks so we thought we'd ask you about life hacks mm. tips and tricks meant to make daily life easier answer two or three of these correctly you'll win our prize for one of our listeners the voice of their choice in their voicemail oh how exciting. Bill, who is Hannah playing for? Dan Rock of Kenosha, Wisconsin. All right. You ready to do this? Let's rock. Here's your first question. According to the website Lifehacker, which provides many life hacks, one way to make a new relationship succeed is which of these? A, study the person's social media so you can just coincidentally like the same things they do. <laughs> B, reveal how disgusting you are right away so they are not surprised <laughs> later. Or C, invent a fake other partner to make them work harder to be competitive. Peter, I'd like to put in my answer. Yes. <laughs> and I would like for the answer that I select on behalf of the listener to be B. You'd like to answer B and you would be correct, Hannah. That is exactly wow. right. Life hackers suggest that you sort of let them know that this is how gross you are from the beginning, so they're not they don't feel surprised and betrayed when they sort of find out later. I do like that. All right. You did very well with that. Second question is Life Hacker also has useful tips for the kitchen, including which of these? A use dental floss to cut soft foods, such as <gasps> cheesecake and goat cheese. 
Mm. B, for attractive cake decorating, gently bite around the edges of a frosted cake with your front teeth. Or C, <laughs> are you out of sausage? Just burn some carrots black and nobody will ever know the difference. Well, Peter, it's A, and if anybody thinks it's not, you know. <laughs> well, you're right. And okay. uh, you are right. And, and I just want to point out, you seem like, well, of course it's A. Everybody knows you use dental floss to do this. You know what it's great for? What? Cinnamon rolls. Yes. Really? If you want a uniform cut on a cinnamon roll, you use that DF. Now, is In it minty? Cut this stuff. Is yeah. it minty when you cut <laughs> no, it? No, you can't to... do that. Mm-mm. I think the mint bakes off. <laughs> you, you have to hope it does. It's a bold claim, Hannah. I, I, I'm going to try I, that I, if I have mint on my cinnamon rolls. <laughs> All right. Last question. You're doing very well. Lifehacker is not the only place offering useful tips. According to a hack published in a UK newspaper, what is a great way to save money on your Hannah Einbinder's next fancy dinner party. A, call each of your guests an hour before in a panic. Ask them, oh, please, could you just bring just one thing? I Just the one thing I forgot to make. And if you put everybody together, they will cater your whole party. B, instead of expensive after dinner mints, freeze a tube of toothpaste, cut it into little squares, and have your guests enjoy that instead. Or C, Right before you're supposed to in- invite everybody in for the expensive dinner you've prepared, have an accomplice call in a bomb threat. <laughs> <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say it again. Well, Peter, it's A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet, Hannah, it is not. <gasps> it is, in fact, B, the toothpaste. No. What? I'm That's not a kidding. horrible idea. But, but, but no. <laughs> I, 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 but no, you... If, who is, who? if someone gives me toothpaste pate, like we have to engage in a fist that cups. <laughs> we have to fight. <laughs> Bill, how did Hannah do in our quiz? Two out of three, Hannah. And on this show, that's a win. Congratulations. Oh, yes, there you are. Mazel tov. Absolutely. Oh, I would like you. to give the award for best contestant this week <laughs> to my friend Hannah. And somewhere Willa is like, damn it, robbed again. <laughs> Hannah Einbinder is a comedian and star of HBO's Hacks. Season 2 is out this weekend. You can see Hannah perform at the DC Improv June 2nd through the 4th. And as you say, more tour information, hannaeinbinder.com. Slash shows. Hannah Einbinder, thank you so much for joining us on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. What a joy to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. Likewise. In just a minute, Bill sails away in the Listener Limerick Challenge. Call one wait wait to join us on the air. We will be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message comes from Claire, a new online paint brand that makes paint you can feel good about bringing into your home. Claire's premium paint is zero VOC and Green Guard Gold certified to support better indoor air quality. Claire makes it easy to paint a home you love with zero VOC paint and premium supplies delivered to your door. Visit claire.com slash wait to get started and use code wait22 to receive $5 off your first gallon of paint. From NPR at WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Peter Gross, Faith Saley, and Lacey Mosley. And here again is your host. Please ask your doctor if he's right for you. Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, 
Bill sprinkles Raimano cheese on the Listener Limerick <laughs> Challenge. <laughs> if you'd like to play, give us a call at one triple eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Right now, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Peter, this week, Prince Charles made a speech promising to improve conditions for the poor of the UK. And he did it, of course, while seated where? Uh, some kind of fancy gold toilet or Well, it was a throne. throne. So I will grant you that. It was a golden jewel-encrusted throne. It perhaps was not great optics. The crazy thing is that while Prince Charles's programs have no chance of actually fixing poverty in the UK, he could do it just by selling off the chair. What was the context? <laughs> he was just giving a speech. He was, he was sort of giving a speech and he was saying, we have these poverty, poor people in the UK and in order to alleviate their plight, we shall do this, that. The and he was like, you don't understand. This is my ugliest chair. I don't, <laughs> this is my crappy throne. Yes, exactly. This is my casual throne, everyone. Exactly. Good, good evening, pause. It's I. <laughs> good evening, in, in light of the very unpleasant reaction to this, the palace has announced that the prince's next speech will be given from on top of two milk crates next to a dumpster. I like those optics. Do you think that people uh, around him are just like, yeah, no, that's good. Go ahead, go out there and do that. Someone has to be behind the camera like, yeah, and, and adjust his Gucci tie. He's like throwing <laughs> like money into a fireplace. Oh, I didn't see you there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lacey, businesses like Casper Mattresses and Warby Parker eyeglasses have disrupted their respective staid old industries, making them mm -hmm. cool and hip. Well, this week we found out that what industry is next for a kind of millennial makeover? Okay, we did mattresses. Um, we did poverty. Very cute now. Oh, goodness, I'm stumped. Can I have a little hint? Sure, you can try at your casket for 100 days, and if you don't like it, returns are free. Ooh, we're about to redo the funeral industry, Henry. You're exactly right. Funeral homes. We're going to get cool funeral homes because you may be dead, but your Instagram account is still active. But mm. darn it, your eyes are closed in every single shot. So more and more funeral homes are sort of dropping the staid, horrible old walnut type look. And they're taking on a like sleek spa-like appearance, you know. And finally, the chance to go up to the barista and ask, oh, do you have oat embalming fluid? I love this. I actually just saw an advertisement that went viral for an undertaker who does makeup, but she's like, oh, we're beating these faces. We're giving you lashes, contour. We're doing acrylics. Like, we'll give you a wig. On the dead person? Yes. Lacey, why were you targeted by that algorithm? <laughs> This is my concern. <laughs> Listen, I want to show up okay? to my maker being a whole baddie. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I want to be able to cut the line at the pearly gates and like, oh, she's a sexy one. That's the one. thing. That's <laughs> St. Peter's like, you're you're coming in here. Just yeah. like Look at her nails. Yeah. Bring her Lacey, in. Lacey, was the ad, from what you could tell, intended for the corpse, the future corpse, him or herself, or for that person's loved ones? It was intended for the loved ones, um, but I think that also if you're a planner that you can make sure yeah. that you're going to mm -hmm. be giving. Like people are going to walk up to that casket and they're going to be extra sad that you're gone. Like, wow, we lost yeah. such a oh, sexy wow. lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, a woman in Massachusetts was banned from Tinder this week because mm -hmm. she used the service to do what? She wanted to have like a dinner party, but didn't have any friends. So she. Yeah, I'll, I'll try people. to give you a hint. Well, she, what she really wanted to, was to find someone to go to first base with, quite literally. She wanted to put together a softball team? 
Close enough, a kickball team. Kickball team. <laughs> Tinder says it goes against their community guidelines to use their dating service to entice people to join your kickball team. Tinder. It's right there. Is, it's the first line. It's the first thing to say. You cannot use it for It says right there, this is not for recruiting members for your recreational kickball league. It's only for guys to yell at girls who don't want to go out with them. It says it there, black and white. Come on now. The woman, whose name is Gianna Pecchia and is my, now my hero, managed to recruit 46 players through the app. That is the most successful Tinder story in all of history. She swiped yes on 100 people a day, and if she liked their personality, would ask them if they wanted to join her kickball team. Oh my God, that's such a most people, Exactly, most people were interested, although apparently some of them said yes because they thought kickball was like a sex thing. Yeah, they were. They showed up, they were like, I deserve this. Oh my God, I deserve this. <laughs> Do it. And I'm sure she was like, no, but you can still be on the team. You know, she was a nice or person. Or she kicked I... them and was like, okay, now go over there and suit up. <laughs> right, now get in the dugout. <laughs> Come on and play with me. Yes, stay with me. Can we stay up all night long? Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one triple eight wait wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. You can always click the contact us link on our website. That's waitwait.npr.org. You can also come see us live in Philadelphia at the Mann Center on June thirtieth, and at Wolf Trap outside of Washington D.C. August twenty fifth and twenty sixth, and. The Wait Wait Stand Up Tour. It's back. It'll be in Salt Lake City, June 24th, and Denver, June 25th. See your favorite Wait Wait panelists finally free from FCC rules. For tickets and more information, go to nprpresents.org. Hi, you're on Wait Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Deborah McLean. I'm calling from Freeport, Maine. Hey, Deborah, how are you? I'm very, very well. How are you? I'm fine. Now, Freeport is the home of L.L. Bean, if I'm not mistaken, right? That is absolutely true. Do you work for that giant of outdoor uh, outfitting? Almost everybody in Maine in a previous life worked for L.L. Bean, right. and certainly I did, but <laughs> not anymore. Do all Mainers know this trivia? Do, what does L.L. stand for? Do you know, Deborah? Do they tell you when you work there? Yes, it's, it stands for Leon Leonwood Bean, yes. But, yeah, everybody knows that. It's not ladies' love? <laughs> ladies' love thing. It's got to be ladies' love. I thought it was ladies' love. Well, Deborah, welcome to our show. You know this. You're going to play our listener limerick challenge. Bill Curtis is going to read you three limericks, last word missing from each. They each have something to do with something we found in the week's news. Finish that limerick, you will win a point. Get two out of three, you win our game. You ready to go? Yahoo. Yep. <laughs> that, that, ladies and gentlemen, from Yahoo. a Mainer is enthusiasm. That's great. All right, here we go. Here is your first limerick. I will just double down on my treatsa, but two slices the purpose defeatsa. As a topping, instead, I'll have extra flat bread. I put pizza on top of my pizza. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, pizza. This week we learned about a century old Argentinian pizza topping that is making a comeback, and that topping is more pizza. Apparently, 100 years ago, Italian immigrants to Argentina had a genius idea for a pizza covered in another slice of pizza. The second slice these days is made from chickpea flour, and the final product looks like sort of a pizza sandwich. And if your kid doesn't like the topping, just tell her to pick off the pizza from her pizza. (laughs) If you want to try this at home, just go to Domino's, order two pizzas, and let them know which one should be the big spoon. Well, that's not pizza, though, from Domino's. That's... uh... That's a, it's a, it's a like, do, like donut bread with uh, with sauce and cheese on it. 
Hey, don't come for Domino's. They text me more than anybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's like Lacey, you up? They are. It's like, you up? You want some pizza? Like, what do you want, Lacey? 14 yes. inch, 16 inch? Meat lovers. Oh, it's time to move on. Here's your next limerick. I can't head to work when my friends play, so I too will let everyone's trend sway. I aim for the hump. That's when no one gets pumped. We go to the office on... Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday is apparently the new Monday. More and more businesses are adopting these hybrid schedules, letting employees choose when they want to come to the office. And according to the Wall Street Journal, everyone is choosing Wednesday. So somewhere at Garfield International Headquarters, <laughs> workers with Sharpies are frantically scribbling changes on all the mugs. <laughs> office landlords and businesses are encouraging the trend. They're offering events like Wellness Wednesdays, Wine Wednesdays and Woof Wednesdays where you can bring your dogs. Still, none of those themed days are quite as popular as Wouldn't You Wather Be at Home Wednesdays? <laughs> we prefer Why Wednesdays. Why Wednesdays. Wine, wine Wednesdays. I hate being here. <laughs> All right. here, Very good. Here is your last limer. I'm reluctantly letting this news slip. My retirement's one long enthused trip. I will cast off from shore. Paying mortgage no more. To save money, I'll live on a cruise ship. Cruise ship. Yes, a Seattle couple decided that instead of paying the costs to own their own home, it's actually cheaper to live out their retirement on cruise ships. Angeline Burke worked as an accountant. She crunched numbers. She realized that hopping from cruise to cruise ship with her husband made, quote, more financial sense than paying a mortgage. Though it should be noted that the couple had struggled with their $2,000 a month shrimp cocktail habit. I can't think of a greater torture in but, life. Well, they're very happy. The they love cruises days. to begin with, and they have they have figured it out. They're able to live year-round on cruise ships for about $43 a day. And she what? offers tips to make it all affordable. This is what you do. You avoid the drink packages. You stay out of the casino, and you book inside cabins. So if you love travel but don't like entertainment, alcohol, or seeing anything but blank walls, <laughs> the cruise ship lifestyle is perfect for you. I've almost gotten stuck at a port when a cruise ship was leaving and they were like doing the final honks and we're sprinting. And I'm just thinking like, what if you got stuck at a port and you're like, my house! <laughs> like, it's leaving. It's leaving. My house is leaving. <laughs> Somehow, even though they retired on cruise ships, they are still the youngest people on board. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Bill, how did Deborah do in our quiz? She did great. These were hard, but you nailed them. Nailed well them. done. Congratulations. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for calling and playing, Deborah. It was a pleasure to talk Good to job, you. Deborah. Thank you. Take care. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as they can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Lacey has two. Peter has three. Faith has three. All right, Lacey, you are in second place. So you are going to be up first. The clock will start when I begin your first question. Fill-in-the-blank. On Tuesday, Senate Democrats failed to advance a bill codifying blank rights. Abortion rights? Right. On Wednesday, North Korea reported their first acknowledged case of blank. 
COVID. Right. A court in the UK has declared that calling a man blank counts as sexual harassment. Uh, sexy. Uh, no, calling him bald. There is justice. <laughs> this week, a bungee jumper over a river in Argentina got a bigger thrill than he bargained for after employees securely fastened the cord around his ankles but forgot to blank. Uh, fastened the cord around his waist, dropped him in the water. Uh, well, yes, they dropped him in the water because they forgot to fasten the other end of the cord to the bridge. To the bridge. Yes. The man who is mostly okay after this incident was having the time of his life for the first 120 feet of the fall. But we assume he started to worry during the last 10 feet. Like, okay, and now I bounce back. Any second now. Yep. Here comes the big bounce. Honestly, the guy was pretty dumb to jump off the bridge. The bungee jump employee was dumber for not checking both ends of the big rubber band first. But the dumbest person there was the guy who stepped up after this happened and said, hey, my turn. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Bill, how did Lacey do in our quiz? She had two right for four more points. She now has six. And Lacey, you are in the lead. All right. Peter, we are choosing you to go next. Fill in the blank. On Wednesday, Ukraine filed their first blank charges against a Russian soldier. A war crime? Yes. On Monday, blanks plunged to their lowest level of 2022. It's not gas prices. Um, No. Stocks. Yes. This week, a man in Indiana won the Republican primary for a local township board despite blank. Being a certified cuckoo bird. (laughs) No, despite being charged with murder. On Monday, the Washington Post and the New York Times were among the winners of this year's blank prizes. The Tony Awards. No, the Pulitzer's. Right. (laughs) Pulitzer Prize. This week, a gym teacher at a middle school in North Carolina was fired after he asked a 12-year-old student to go repark his truck, and the student blanked. Uh, did it. No, crashed into three school buses. Everything was going well until the seventh grader almost immediately lost control of the car and crashed into a bus, and then backed up and crashed into another bus, and then one more bus. In all, he did over $5,000 worth of damage, and the car was totaled. The teacher has now been fired, and the kid has a new job calibrating Tesla's self-driving feature. <laughs> Bill, how did Peter do in our quiz? Well, he got three right for six more points. He now has nine and the lead. How many then does Faith need to win? Faith needs three to tie and four to win. All right, Faith, this is for the game. Fill in the blank. On Tuesday, Elon Musk said that he would allow Donald Trump back on blank. Twitter. Right. On Tuesday, the House passed a $40 billion aid bill for blank. Ukraine. Right. This week, the Prime Minister of Finland said the country must apply for blank membership immediately. NATO. Right. On Monday, Ferdinand Bong Bong Marcos Jr. won the election for president of blank in a landslide. Philippines. Right. After being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Dolly Parton announced her next project would be blank. Removing herself from the Hall of Fame. No, a musical about Taco Bell's Mexican pizza. On Sunday, (gasps) officials warned that high winds were increasing the danger posed by a blank in New Mexico. Fire. Right. According to data collected from China's rover there, Mars may have had blank more recently than scientists predicted. Water. Yes. This week, a man in South Carolina was arrested because he tried to rob a bank from inside a blank. Inside a horse costume. No, from inside a taxi. The robber hailed a taxi, asked the driver to take him to the bank's drive-up window, and then had the driver pass (laughs) on to the teller a classic, this is a robbery, hand over all your money, nobody gets hurt, (laughs) type note. He was arrested on the spot because the driver refused to drive away before the police arrived. It was dumb. It was dumb, but at least the guy did not use Uber. You do not want to be looking at your phone and your getaway car is still completing a trip nearby. No, and you would not get very many stars from your Uber no, driver. None, Ruin your rating. None, none. Bill, did Faith do well enough to win? Yes, he did. Six right for 12 more points. That means with 
15. She is the champion this week. In just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists now that crypto has crashed, what will be the next bonkers thing that everybody is going to invest in unwisely. But first, let me tell you that Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Agotica writes our limericks. Our tour manager is Shana Donald. BJ Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Milestone Boss, Lillian King, and Nancy Seichow. Our production assistant is Sophie hernandez Munitas. Special thanks to Vinnie Thomas. Our bungee cord safety inspector is Peter Gwynn. Technical direction is from Lorna White. Our CFO is Colin Miller. Our production manager is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog and the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Michael Danforth. Now, panel, what will be the next dumb thing that people will invest in? Lacey Mosley. Beanie Baby. Because <laughs> sure. if you're going to invest in something worthless, it might as well be a velvet sack of beans. <laughs> Faith Saley. Tom Brady signed retirement footballs. And Peter Gross. A brand new digital currency that's totally stable and based in solid financial principles. Guaranteed not to fail no matter what. I want to offer you all a chance to get in as initial investors on PeteCoin. Just send a million dollars to Peter Gross, care of Cayman Islands, 1135924. Well, if any of those things happen, we're going to ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Lacey Mosley, Peter Gross, and Faith Saley. Thanks to all of you for listening. We're always so grateful you show up when we're here. I'm Peter Sagal, and we will see you in the same time and place next week. This is NPR.